as well. All right. Okay, so we're live. Hi, everyone. Hi, I'm Dr. Benis Alavoide, and it's my pleasure to welcome you all to ATP Live Monday. Um, thank you so much for those who are joining me. So I'm just going to quickly put up everything on our Facebook group, whether you're watching on Instagram or YouTube, you're welcome. Uh, feel free to drop your questions uh, as comments in whichever platform you have. I'm just going to set up for those on, uh, on Facebook. Just bear with me a minute. And I'm waiting for Angela to join me. All right, let's watch party. Hi, Nikki B. I am Frankis. Yeah, okay, I think I can see Angela. All right. Um, Hi, Angela. Hi, Dr. Benny. How are you doing? I'm fine, thank you. Good evening from Nigeria. <laughs> Good evening <laughs> from all over the world. <laughs> yes. Okay. So. Hi, everyone. Hello to the people who have joined us already. Thank you for keeping to time and being on time. Yeah. <laughs> Okay. Yeah. So I'm just setting up the watch party on the um on the Facebook group. So just one minute, but you can, you can keep welcoming those who are joining us. Um okay. so um as you know it's ATP live today. We do it every Monday and we also stream it live on a YouTube channel and Facebook. It's a day where you're free to ask your questions directly to our, our doctor, and then you know she'll give you an answer immediately on the spot. Um, we want that the bad thanks for joining us. Um, Francis, thank you and good evening. Thank you for following all our posts on Facebook. God bless you too. We don't take it for granted and that we hope that you learn a thing or two for your children too. Um, Usweda, I know you. Thank you for joining us all the way from Kenya. Wow, that's amazing. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Trying to adjust. Royalty so. Delight is here. Thank you, Royalty. Thank you for joining us. Shoe Merchants, you're welcome to another session of ATP Live. Let's say, Obindo, you're welcome again to ATP Live. Lapelso, <laughs> My I head is not cut enough. <laughs> Try Hi, to. Edwin, I see you too. <laughs> okay. 
I think we can start. I think um, I've posted in all the groups. Um, uh, da, 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 da. Okay, all right. Uh, I think we can start. Um, yes, we can. Yeah, uh, just, just one minute. Let me just pin it in the ATP family. Because I, don't, I always tend to forget them. <laughs> <laughs> but you can go ahead. now I, I guess and i can see all the people on facebook joining us as well good evening good evening everyone good evening post all your faces so uh please if you have any question drop it wherever you're watching on on facebook on instagram or on youtube and we'll try and address them so we'll start with instagram and then we'll we'll go in between facebook and i hope those on facebook can hear um uh let me just make the volume louder. I hope they can hear Angela Claire and Claire. So somebody should just let me know whether you can hear her. So <laughs> because they are going to, yeah, because they only see me on um, on um, on Facebook. I'm not sure whether if I turn my camera to you, whether they will see my video. Oh, it will be too small. Okay, no worry. Okay, fine. Let's just continue. Okay, can we start? Oh no, what happens yes, to my life? Okay, let's go on. Um, it's from Vice Connect. It's saying thank you for all you do. You have made us better moms. Please, does InfaCall work for reflux? Yeah, uh, InfaCall is meant for colic. Sorry, I think my light went off. Um, InfaCall is actually meant for colic and not reflux per se so um most reflux in children are they resolve on their own most of them are mild and there's no reason to worry uh but if the reflux is very bad then you may need um to see a pediatrician so what do i mean by a very bad reflux so bad reflux would be a child who is who is practically bringing back everything you put in their mouth that is one two and uh, in addition to that they are losing weight they are not able to um retain uh the uh, weight they're not able to gain weight they're not, they are not thriving so children who have those kind of situation those are the ones that will really classify as having severe form of reflux and we have our way of dealing with uh severe reflux and uh one of the things we do is to thicken the milk we take we, we have what we call milk thickness and uh so there are other medication that we also use as well like the 
what people call the um like some of the drugs we give you for antacids and all that that we use for treating ulcer some of them can be used as well so those are the medication that we use so you really need to see a pediatrician for that please don't um don't say self-medicate when it comes to that especially when you're talking about babies don't self-medicate see your pediatrician and we will give you the right direction okay so i hope i've addressed that okay something wrong with my life <laughs> Yeah. yeah. Um, we have one other one from Frank. He says, "As you say, I dewormed my 16-month-old boy a few days ago, and his appetite has has been poor ever since. I've been asked to resume giving him abidemol vitamins daily. I think the question here yeah, is: there any relationship between dewormed and loss of appetite? I think that's what she wants No, I don't think so. There's really no, absolutely no." uh link between the warming and appetite so sometimes parents uh tend to make a lot of uh, connections that are not necessarily uh <laughs> that have no link whatsoever the fact that you deworm a child a child who is going to be sick for example and you maybe incidentally deworm that child does not mean that child will now it is because of what you did that is causing that so that could just be a coincidence so there's really no reason for you to uh worry about it so um if the child is not hating how old is this child you didn't tell us the age 16 months yeah 16 months old uh, if it's just something just watch for now i'm not so sure how long that has been going on if it just like for a few days you just watch and see how it will resolve but if it persists please don't assume it's because you're warm you may want to actually take that child to see a pediatrician for further evaluation. Uh, personally, I don't think um, giving multivitamins and all that do anything to appetite. Uh, that is our assumptions. Most of us make that assumption a lot of the time, but really, there is really no uh, link to hate. So uh, appetite, loss of appetite may be due to so many things. So it, it's difficult to say which one it is in your own case without asking further questions so if the child doesn't have fever doesn't have any other thing else just watch and then try and offer more food but if it persists then you may want to take it up with seeing your pediatrician for further evaluation i hope that is helpful okay she 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 sent in a follow-up question and said so he doesn't eat a variety of food mm -hmm. so he this is sold in one and custard he vomits or spits everything i give to him Number one, your 16 months old should not be eating golden more. And so this is not a deworming issue. So this is a, there's an underlying issue here that's been going on. And so that is what you really need to sort out first. And not to just assume it has to do with the uh, deworming. So this child is already having issue with feeding. And I could imagine that if your baby is not eating well, and it's only eating some cereals all the time, then obviously the, the, the child, I mean, after a while the child also start getting tired of that same food and all that so this is a child that you we need to address the issue of uh feeding complementary feeding and like eventually every time we come to facebook or we go live we have to address that <laughs> uh, complementary feeding issue because that seems to be the most um frequently asked question and i think like i always try to say that sometimes because uh if the foundation is wrong like we've mixed we've mixed it up right from the beginning 
then we, we're going to have issues and so that is what is happening my light is not coming on um so that is what is happening in this in situation and what we need to do is to for for go back i always like to refer people back to watch our videos we have uh, global health videos has produced a lot of very lovely uh, videos on complementary feeding that you may find very useful you may also want to use that go through it go back make sure you're doing number one what what why should you feed the child what quantities should the child be eating you should still be breastfeeding i hope if you are not you should you know all those kind of things you will go back to them try uh how to mix you know different food for the child and all that so those are the kind of things that we should be doing first and if all that is not uh up for you may want to see a pediatrician or a a, um, a dietitian or nutritionist if you go back to after this program even on this platform i've brought in a pediatric nutritionist and she has run through all this how to work with feeding issue for the children so you may want to watch that episode just watch for atp live special with the pediatric nutritionist and listen to it listen to all the uh, tapes and all that there's no quick fix most parents are looking for horse to give you a particular drug or tablet that you just go and use and then your child becomes um begin to eat ferociously there's nothing like that i always tell people there's nothing uh so you just need to walk through some of these simple simple strategies yeah and then begin to implement them you know that's what you should do and most of the time we also try to we contributed to this problem by you know just offering this quick fix kind of food no it's not the best we need to go to the kitchen we need to cook properly for the children and then you need to make sure you're mixing the right kind of food classes we have what we call food classes so the children must be eating from all those food classes including fruits including vegetables they are all part of what the children should be eating so it's not just cereal cereal and then we think we're doing complimentary for so I, like i said this is something we've talked over and over again you, you can't watch any of the tp live videos without getting the answer to this but most importantly i, I think i found the videos very very useful in the sense that you can watch them and i'm beginning to discover a trend that those who watch the videos before they get to the point when they start complimentary feeding, they do it better because they know they have the information so they 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 go in right at the beginning and it's helpful but trying to fix it but it doesn't mean that cannot see be fixed it can so i'll, I'll just leave it at that all right your response then but first of all your 16 month old should not be eating gold anymore. yeah the man yeah the yeah. manufacturer have yeah. said they want it to be from three years there are other cereals that are age appropriate for that child so by the same manufacturer anyway so why not go for the ones that are made for that particular age group yeah that's true yeah okay moving on um dr dio is saying my daughter is one year old she has constipation for months. Nice. I've tried all things, but see it's not working. I trust to put an appointment to see the doctor, but not possible due to lockdown. Mm. So constipation, when you say you've tried everything, first I want to know what you have tried because <laughs> I'm, I'm always somebody that needs to know. Okay, because usually even when it comes to constipation, most of us pediatricians, we're still going to go back to first principles, basically water is the child taking a lot of water a child drinking a lot too and but it's because you said it's for months and i'm like 
this child is just one year old so when did this thing start so when you started complimentary feeding and all that so uh the a child who is on complimentary feeding must drink water like that one year old should be drinking at least one liter of water every day and so the child must take fruits and must take vegetables some of these things most of us just like from the last question we're answering most parents just think complimentary feeding is just cereal and milk no that is always the problem most of these cereals you know they some of us really the ones that have been over processed and packaged for us into the in the in the, in the boxes they don't have a lot of fiber in them so you need to make sure that we give children food that are rich in fiber. I know that most children don't like eating vegetables straight away when they say it, but there's a way you can hide it. So for example, when you're making your cereal, you can puree the fruit into the cereal itself. There are many ways you can mix it up so that the children will see, eat those vegetables without necessarily seeing the greens or getting scared of them. So we must make sure that our children are eating fruits and vegetables. They are drinking lots of water. So if the children are eating properly and they are still breastfeeding as well, one year we should still be breastfeeding, and the child is having constipation, then we may want to look for that, like, is there something that's going on? So some children have some other medical issues that may cause constipation, then we can look into that. We can give some drugs to soften the stool, stool softener and all that, but the best thing is to work from the primary principles fluids fruits vegetable food rich in are in fiber you know those kind of food those are things we want so if those ones have not helped then that is where uh any doctor even can prescribe stool softener you know that the children can use like lactose like movicol there are lots of them and then but even when you use those things it's not like they are magical they will help initially to let the ad one come up but you now need to maintain the lifestyle of making sure the child is not eating and all these things we give children like biscuits pastries and all that they're also not good in fiber and they can also contribute to all this so we must make sure that children drink water it's very very important so that will be helpful so if you try some of the things i've mentioned then definitely you really need to see the doctors and then they can give you other uh we can ask more questions and then we can provide some other support. Yeah, she, she, she went on to say now she screams when she wants to poop and she's also changed to a picky eater. It's constipation, of course. She only wants breast milk and fruit puree. No, I don't think the constipation is the cause, but if the child is really constipated, the, the child obviously may have a full tummy and may just not be interested. It's a very uncomfortable, um, uh, saying when children have constipation they have abdominal pain it's not comfortable for them that's why she's also screaming and all that because it becomes a riff, a, riff, a, a vicious circle because when the child wants to now pass the stool because the stool is hard if it is you as an adult sometimes you just bear it and let it out but most time children will not want to bear it so they invariably kind of withhold the stool from coming out because of the fear of that pain you know that's the issue so usually some of those children may need enemas they may need suppositories to for, for make it easier for them to pass the initial wall so that the thing just doesn't keep accumulating and accumulating because now the child is in that phase where when the stool wants to come out so the child is deliberately 
keeping it down from coming out because of the pain. So that is why it's too soft now. You can try something like liquid paraffin at home. These are some of, if you go to your local pharmacy, your local pharmacy can still prescribe some of those too soft now for you. You don't really need to see a doctor for that. They are over-the-counter medications. Just to forget out the initial one, then after that, you can now start working. But if the child keeps getting constipated again, then definitely the child will need further evaluation and investigations to know why. Yeah. Right. All right. Um, Mutube is saying, I'm breastfeeding exclusively, mm. but my baby has a viral infection and was given ORS. Does this mean breastfeeding is no longer exclusive? How old is this child? She didn't say, but that's six months. Okay, so number one, I always like to know the age of the child, and I also want to know what you mean by diarrhea because I found that most parents mistaken the normal soft stool, which is semi solid stools that we get in breastfed babies. They always think it's diarrhea, it is not diarrhea. Breastfed babies don't pass solid hard stools, they usually pass stools that look like some solid parts and some liquid parts and that is not diarrhea at all and that child does not require any form any uh ors or anything that child is fine so usually when parents tell me the baby breastfed baby is having diarrhea i always want to ask them how oh, is this too completely liquid like urine completely sinking into the diaper because that is when i will count it as diarrhea if you can see some solid parts what your people will call a greasy soup kind of picture where you see some solid yellowish path and some liquid path that is not diarrhea that is normal too for a baby on breast milk so we really need to be sure for, because maybe some breast milk really don't have diarrhea they don't because it's, the breast milk should, won't allow that but there are many reasons why they can have diarrhea some of you will say you are doing exclusive breast milk but you're also giving water I mean, I, I've seen so many questions that sometimes I actually wonder, really, because people keep asking me, oh, you mean babies on the switch breast should not be given water all day? I mean, you know, so that means some people don't even understand that giving water means babies no longer exclusive breastfeed. Some of us are also giving drugs. Some, some of those drugs also can have side effects of diarrhea and all that. So it could be reason why baby could have diarrhea. Or some of us, we are also taking drugs ourselves. If you're as a mother, you are taking some drugs or you are eating some particular kind of food flavors and all that. Some of them, everything you eat can, most of them can go into your breast milk and can affect the baby's bowel movements. And that may be the reason why baby is having diarrhea. And of course, your hygiene is also important. Wash your hands before feeding the baby, clean your breast and all that. So. If you are doing all that, your baby really should not have diarrhea. Your baby is having diarrhea. We need to look why, and then we can address, you know, the reason. But if your baby is just having the semi-solid stools, then that's not diarrhea, and that is just normal stools. And baby doesn't need um uh um uh, ORS. But if your baby really is having frank diarrhea, like liquid going to diaper, yes, of course. Usually we give ORS to babies below. Uh, babies above three months because even before below three months you should not give them ORS anything because what you still need to give them is just the breast milk the breast milk will still rehydrate the baby the essence of the ORS is to rehydrate the baby and if you give enough breast milk your baby will be rehydrated the breast milk contains everything that the baby needs so just breastfeed more 
but if it is really a, you know very watery stools in a children above three years old i mean three months old then we can give ors so yes at that point when you're giving the ors this is treatment so when you are giving something as treatment for a baby on exclusive breastfeeding we won't really say you are no longer exclusive breastfeeding because you are giving a treatment for a particular illness like it's just like a drug you know so but as soon as your baby diarrhea stop of course you stop and consume your breast milk uh only so i won't really say you are no longer exclusive breastfeeding i'll just say your baby's on treatment for that period because it's not as if you are now giving water like it for other people that it's not as if the baby is sick and we're treating the child but they're just giving it continuously that one is not uh exclusive breastfeeding but if you just give your big drug or Oh, I write for a short period for treatment of a particular illness. We will not, we will not classify you as not still doing exclusive breastfeeding. Okay, but I just hope you are really clear in terms of the when you really should give because some some of our doctors are not pediatricians and some of them uh, sometimes don't know the difference between the way they will treat a child and the way they will treat an adult. So sometimes I find that they, they lump them together. So usually, but if this pediatrician, we try to ask more questions to really be sure what we are we are treating so that we don't just think oh every stool that is not solid because that's what most mothers think because the stool is not solid then it is diarrhea it is not necessarily diarrhea okay should i go on to facebook so that we we don't end up moving facebook behind because let me just take a few questions on facebook it's just a follow-up question to what you already just explained that's margaret benson Asking what if there's poop in there's mucus in the poop. For which kind of baby? Baby on breast milk, baby ordinary baby. <laughs> because it's it's it matters. Okay, so there are many reasons why baby could have mucus because the lining, the lining of the intestine, there are some things that cover it, and when they are shed into the stool. That is when we that's what you actually see in the stool as what look like mucus and all that. So the, the contents really matters. It is a very healthy child, otherwise, well, nothing else. Um, I would just say watch, watch what you are eating, watch what you're giving the baby. If it's a baby on exclusive breastfeeding, but the stool is not watery, you see what look like little um mucus in the stool, there's no reason to worry. But if your baby is passing like only mucus uh, as stool, or even mis mixed with blood or mix with very watery stool, then we want to worry that, oh, there is there an infection going on? Because if there's an infection, like a gastroenteritis, the, the lining of those intestines is infected and they are shed a lot into the stool. And that's what comes across as the mucoid stool that most of us see. And then we need to know why it's maybe having any infection, we need to treat it. Actually, when you see blood, blood is actually what we worry most about. And that's definitely a, a treatment case for a pediatrician to do what. Okay. Right. Thank, Thank you. you. Yeah. yeah. Okay. So let's just see. Okay. No worry. We'll come back. We will come back. Just right. <laughs> we'll come back. Okay. So, uh, so from Facebook, Benga is asking a lot today, why will a ACR would not want to eat? I mean, that's a very broad question. I mean, I don't know. Is the baby eating before and now stop eating or what? So it, 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 I can't just say why we ate would not want to eat that. There's no reason why an ate would not want to eat unless there's something wrong somewhere and it has to be particularly specific to that child. So when you're asking questions, you have to ask more specific questions, like a little bit more detail into that particular case rather than 
if you just make it so open-ended i mean my own answer can also be as open-ended so that some people are just picky eaters as well some people don't like to eat much and some parents always think that the children need to eat so much you know and i don't know why that is the case because when the children when the children are small we want them to eat so much that when they are whole teenagers we want them to eat so little so then we call it visual circles the most important thing is to maintain the healthy balance you know so um so if this child has been eating well mr benga and the child is otherwise has no more weight and everything and then the child suddenly stop eating it may, it may be what we call poor appetite and poor appetite is a symptom you find in virtually any illness malaria infection most illness will present with poor appetite fuzzy that may be, will be the first symptom that you will say or it may just be a child you know constipation too may make a child not to want to eat another because their tummy is so full and all that so there are many reasons or it may just be a child who's just a picky eater or it may even be a sign of a child who is going through some traumatic experience at school for example so the list is endless so you have to be more Specifically with your own particular case, for us to be able to say uh, why the child is not eating. Okay, Oluchiku Jesus say my children have cough since three months old, and I've been taking treatment for from the doctor. Please, whenever you're asking question, please tell me the age of your children. It's very very important. If you don't tell me the age, um, so pediatricians will see children from zero zero second of life or zero <laughs> from one one second of life in fact we actually see children from their womb to 18 years so the kind of answer you will give to a question about a, a three-month-old baby is not the same answer you give to a 18-year-old or a 17-year-old so the age of a child is the most important information for a pediatrician so whenever you're asking questions Many people ask this question without really thinking much about it, but the pediatrician is forever looking for the age. How old is this child? So that I, I know where to which category to put the child first. So for Luchiku, you have to ask your question again because your child, your children are having cough, but you've, you've not told me how old they have now, but you said they've been having cough since they are three months old. So if a child is having cough or cancer for more than two weeks, we call it chronic. It has become chronic. If it is coming on and off, we call it recurrent. So there are causes of recurrent cough. There are causes of recurrent cancer. Some of them may have what we call allergic conditions. Allergic conditions are the conditions that tend to happen again because something is triggering them or something is... Um, uh, when a child is exposed to something, they, they tend to have that symptom over and over again. So that's the number one thing I would think about in a child who is having recurrent cough recurrent cancer. So I might think it's allergic rhinitis, that's the cancer, or is he a bronchial asthma, that's the cough, or, is, or does he try to have a medical condition that we have not yet diagnosed and we have not yet treated? For example, a child who has a heart condition may have cough over and over again. So we need to know why. So such children need to be, if a child is having cough over and over again, or cancer over and over again, you really need to take the child to see a pediatrician. We will ask a lot of questions. We will examine the child. And after that, we'll be able to tell you, okay, this is what we think is the cause of this or not. So you may want to provide more information. Other people say, my child of year five months old is constipated. She cries while trying to poo. So at that point, I hope you were around when I was answering the question on constipation. Uh, if you were not, I think you were around. So you must have had my answer. Give lots of water, give lots of fruits, vegetables, 
food that are rich in fiber. If all those didn't work, uh, you can still get something like stew softener from your local pharmacy, but you must see your pediatrician to know why the child is having uh, constipation here. Yeah. And one of the one of the reasons why also children get constipated is that they tend to withhold their stool. Some children don't like the toilet they use at school. And for example, this is a one year, this one year old, uh, one year five months old, I believe they are home. So they are still with you. Two is that if they are doing something, they don't want to leave what they're doing. So they withhold the stool, then they withhold this, they will. So one of the methods is to let children have a regular bowel movement. And the easiest way for these younger ones is to put them on the potty at a specific time of the day. So for example, first thing in the morning, let them sit on the potty. They don't even have to do anything. Let them just go and sit on it. So when they learn to do that, it helps them to easily pull all the time. So, you know, they, they kind of get it into a routine. So, or maybe last thing at night, put them on the potty. If you begin to put them on that potty every day, if you if you, if you you kind of introduce the habit, so they tend to move their bowel fasting in the morning, it really helps them a lot. Then when they wake up in the morning, they can drink water as well. So these are some of the ways you do it so that the children don't get into the habit of we told them this too because it's very easy for them to do it because they are playing. They don't want to leave that play. They want to keep on playing. So when they have the urge, they will they will just not go. Then when they have the urge, they will not go. So but another thing is that we also want to make sure that the stool is not hard by making sure they drink lots of water. And we have to model this for the children. We have to let them see drinking water as a normal thing. It's not only when they eat that they should drink water. They should drink water throughout the whole day. So give them sips of water. Please, let's not be giving them uh, all these uh, juices and all that. Uh, except it's the fresh fruits, like you make your own smoothies and or juice a hand from your own kitchen. That is fine. But otherwise, we should let them drink water. And this habit, some of us mothers, from day one, we start introducing, when I go to church sometimes, I see mothers giving their babies all this colored water in the bottles. I just shake my head. So that is wrong. A child, you are just, these are, these are even infants. They are not, they are still babies on that you don't even be drinking anything because they are on breast milk. We, when we want to introduce water, the children, introduce water plain water don't color it with anything don't make it tasty just plain water we do i always tell mothers your children don't know anything it is what you give to them that they know they don't know there's anything that tastes this way until you give it to them and then they prefer it and they want it so they always want that thing instead of the water but if you don't offer those other things uh sugary juices to them they will know that the only thing available is water and they will be drinking water there are many ways you can make them drink water. Buy them all these nice sippy cups with cartoon character, straw, turn it into a game, turn it into a play. Let them just play with it. It doesn't matter. So that way they get used to water because that's another thing people complain. My children don't want to drink water because we don't give them water. From six months, we should be giving them water and they can, they, they can take a little sip throughout the whole day. They don't have to drink it as a gulp maybe after food, you know, so that their tummy will not start shaking with a lot of water inside. So let them drink it, you know, throughout the whole day. I hope that that is very helpful for preventing constipation. Okay, so um, Aisha Adam is asking, is it good to give seven weeks uh, baby gripe water 
No. Uh, can I give the baby Colliver oil? No. My baby hair is always removing water like tears and Apollo. Apollo, I guess, means red eyes. Um, what can I give the baby? So if a baby has red eye and discharge, that baby needs to see a pediatrician or any doctor because that child has eye infection. Uh, there are, we call it um, conjunctivitis and all that. The child will need an uh, antibiotic eye drop and that's what you need to give yeah okay so you have given um what can i give because i took maybe to the eye clinic good but it didn't work so if you go to an eye clinic and they give your child a particular thing to use and it didn't work you have to go back you see now the reason why you should go back is that if you go to another doctor who does not know that you've gone to an eye clinic before that doctor will also give you the same thing and they will keep on wasting time but if you have gone back to the, the first doctor that doctor know that i've tried it it is not the doctor's fault. so parents need to understand one thing when you go to for treatment and we give you treatment and it appears it doesn't work it doesn't mean the doctor does not know work it doesn't mean that the doctor uh is not a, a good doctor or anything no there are many reasons why the initial treatment may not work for example that particular there are some drugs we normally use what we call first line drug that's the first thing anybody will give you because that is how we're taught in that when you see this kind of thing this is the first thing you use but we know that in some cases it may not work for that particular child or that particular bacteria whatever is causing that infection which means we need to use something else so but if you don't go back to the doctor the doctor we assume the first one has worked but if you go back to them and then they will not oh this didn't work let's try something else sometimes we try something it didn't work as well because they're what we call resistance so some of these germs they they are very resistant to the common drug that is why we should not abuse uh, antibiotics so what the doctors will do sometimes we will do what we call a culture we will take part of that discharge we will send it to the lab then the lab will test it they will know the jam that is causing it and then they will tell us this is the best antibiotic to use if you use this one it's not going to work that's what we call sensitivity they do that kind of a test for us so the doctor will now know okay this is why this one is not working because this particular jam is is not sensitive to this particular antibiotic but this is a particular antibiotic the jam is sensitive to so that is when they will now use the correct one so that is how it works so please don't always get upset if you go to hospital and it doesn't what treatment the doctor gives you doesn't work it doesn't mean that that doctor is not a good doctor or the doctor is not competent there are many reasons maybe i'll come one day to really take that as a whole topic to explain because most of the time I tell people go back to the hospital. People wonder why do I say go back to that same hospital? There are many reasons why you have to go back because that same doctor already knows what he or she is thinking and what they have tried. Then they know that oh, then if this didn't work, then it may be we have to try the next line of treatment, or we have to think about our diagnosis. Maybe we need to look because sometimes you know, I always tell people that uh, doc, we are not oracles. We are not definers we 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 you it is what you tell us and it is what we see that will help us to know what is wrong that is how diagnoses are made anywhere in the world sometimes we do tests to help us as well so sometimes there are two or three things that can present the same way that can look the same way so but we look at okay this is most likely and we treat that one so if what we treated didn't work then we may think oh maybe it is not the number one differential the number one most likely maybe it's something 
in the second one. And that is why going back for follow-up is so, so important that when your doctor is treating you, whether your child gets better or not, you should go back to them so that they will check again to make sure that, okay, yes, we are on the course, we are on the right course, or no, we need to try something else. So it doesn't mean the doctor doesn't know work. It is just how medicine is practiced all over the world. <laughs> I hope that's helpful. So, um, Mr. Adam, based on other questions, new newborn babies don't need any medication. Please stop giving them all these unnecessary drugs, grab water, bomoro, bodan babe, all those things. Very, very unnecessary. I, I don't know. We I think we've been clamoring for the um uh what what do they call them now? Uh the people that approve NAVTAC and the rest of them. Some of those drugs need to be banned, honestly. But you see, there are a lot of factors responsible because it is about economy and people making money and all that. And to be honest, NAVTAC is about safety. NAVTAC, so because a lot of mothers were fighting a lot on the post I made about sitting drugs, and somebody asked a valid question that if these drugs are not necessary why are they available why are people making them now let me answer that question by saying that most of those drugs people make them the people that regulate drugs what they regulate is can this drug cause harm or not they are not regulating um whether it is working for what they said it's going to work for no that's not their job so that is number one. Now, most of those syndrome, what do they have? They will have a little bit of paracetamol. They will have a little bit of um, fenugan, something to make the child sleep and all that. And they will mix it together. Or like some of those, like I don't know whether it's Bonabib, one of those ones, they will have maybe chloroquine, a little bit of paracetamol, a little bit of fenugan, and then they will sell it to you as sitting drugs. Now, paracetamol on its own is a normal drug that doctors use. Chloroquine on its own is a normal drug. Uh, Fenica on its own is a drug that we can use. Now, the question is if you are giving them when they are not needed, and some of you will give them from the day your baby is born to whichever, maybe one year. Paracetamol on its own is a drug that anybody can use, but you know it can damage the liver. It can cause liver failure if you take too much of it. There is no drug that is not a poison, it is the quantity of that drug that you put into your body that will determine whether that drug is going to be a poison or not. So if you take too much paracetamol, it will damage your liver and you will need a liver transplant. That is the honest truth. So when people give teaching drugs, teaching doesn't require any drug, but you are giving paracetamol, giving fenugan, giving all those things continuously. Some of you will give it three times a day for one year. Then you will now say, oh, later my baby is having this, is having that. That is what is causing this thing. No, when the, my picking uh, saga happened, lots of children died from red and failure because their parents were giving them my picking, which is supposed to be a teaching drug, which the children don't even need in the first place, which has been contaminated with methanol. I was part of those pe uh, people that were managing those children. Those you can go and go with it. It's all over the internet. So a lot of our children die from red and failure. Why? Because they are giving a drug that they don't even need in the first place for no reason. So the fact that drugs are being sold does not mean you need to use them. That is the truth i'm telling you so you need to understand that and i i personally don't have any issue with you as an adult using any drug for yourself you are an adult you can take your own decision but i worry about the children that don't know anything and you are giving them the drug that's why i come for you because i don't want to give the children what they don't need and creating unnecessary problem and sometimes what the children need you don't go for that a child who is sick a child who is having fever 
the child may be having pneumonia, the child may be having meningitis. You will think, oh, it is teaching. You are giving paracetamol and phenigan, which is what is in your teaching drug. And you don't go to the hospital. And then the child will die because you didn't go to hospital because you assume that that fever or that diarrhea is because of teaching. So number one, you have denied the child seeking the right help. Teaching does not make your child to have high fever, does not make them to have diarrhea, does not make them to have... If your child is sick, don't assume teaching. Take the children to the hospital. Don't give them... And if your child is not sick, stop giving them unnecessary drugs. Stop damaging their organs. Because these things are very important. I know I've gone overboard on this, but this is something that I'm very passionate about because we are the ones seeing these children all the time and we know what happens and but when we talk to mothers sometimes mother like to argue them a lot because you are not the one that have gone through it parents who have gone through bad experience have, have lost their children they are not going to come on social media and be talking about it because they're in pain but you have not gone through that bad experience we don't want you to go through it that's why we that have seen it are telling you but it's for your own good whether you take it or not so i hope we have clarified the issue of drug because it's one of the most frequently asked uh, question. Okay, I think we, let me just ask one more question and we'll come back to, uh, to um, Instagram. Instagram. Okay, DPI is asking, my five motor is always pulling and it's always greenish. So your baby, is it on breast milk or formula? So maybe some breast milk, um, if you're having greenish stool, it may likely be that you're not giving them enough breast breast milk. So you need to make sure you are breastfeeding more frequently. But babies on formula, some of those formula contain some iron and some pigment. It can color their stool. Their stool, you see that they pass a lot of stool and it's greenish. That one, there's nothing to worry about is the formula. But babies on breast milk, when they pass tiny, small, small greenish stool like that, we call it starvation stool. It's a sign of the fact that they're not getting enough breast milk. Or some of you, the way you breastfeed, the, the beginning part of the breast milk is what we call it form milk. That beginning part of breast milk or form milk is more of water. But the last part of the breast milk, we call it hind milk. That is the fat. So if you don't breastfeed your baby long enough to empty that breast, you will end up giving only more of the water, of the form milk. And then end of the day, the baby is not getting the fatty part. And then that may also explain why they will have greenish too. So I always tell mothers, when you breastfeed, you must empty one breast. Empty it completely. Then you squish to the next breast. Some of you also, you breastfeed only one breast. It's not right. You must breastfeed both breasts. That's why God gave you the two. You have to because you, God knows that you need two. So you must breastfeed from both breasts. Well, and usually mothers, you will know, when you finish breastfeeding, you see the whole breast go flat, soft. You know that that is empty. Then you go to the one that is still full. But please, at least your baby should be stuck up to 10 minutes on each breast. To, and or at least... When the breast is empty, you know it's empty. So it's very, very important so as to avoid um, the greenish toes. All right, let's go back to Instagram. All right, thank you, Doctor. We're back to Instagram. Um, the luxury reporter is asking, how do you encourage children to eat fruits? My kids are not big. Okay, good. That's a very lovely question. There are many ways to do that. One, model it. I always say, mother, more, when you children, when you are eating, you will see your children coming around you. They want to take what you are eating. They will think that there's something special about it. When you are eating apple, eating it, they also want to eat it. That's one. Two, hide it inside the food. You, there are many ways to hide fruits inside food. So you are going to make cereal. 
you can you can you can you can make banana ice cream you, your children will not miss ice cream when you puree it and you just put it for them they will think it's ice cream and it's banana you understand <laughs> so you can make it so you can do smoothies and then you mix it with milk and you know children can they will like it they will just think it's something lovely you know you put the straw and everything so there are many ways you can hide those fruits inside the normal food they eat for example you make your fried rice and all that that is you're adding uh veggies to the rice and children will eat it so they don't necessarily have to eat it like it is fruit eating time then you bring plenty of fruits no then when they need snack don't give them biscuit don't give them pastry give them fruits give them carrot let them be chewing on that one give them apple you can cut it dice it very well you can make smoothie out of it you can blend it into your food there are many ways you can do all these things and your children will not even know that they are eating those fruits so those are as parents you have to be innovative <laughs> so, and some children really like the fruits as well and experiment with different fruits i know some children don't like some kind of fruits of course the one they like let them eat much of those ones some parents will say ah, is it not too much no let them eat the much of what they like at least have like two or three. i'm sure by the time you try three or four different five six they may have like favorites of those fruits you can have some of them they can take it as juice like you can choose your uh pineapple you can choose your uh, apple you can choose your uh what's it called your 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 oranges and all that and they will still take those there are many ways it's just that like, uh, parents you know it can be stressful for us but we have to do it so just find one way that works for your family and do it all right all right um okay back saying uh please how to i know if my nine months old is constipating and the remedy for it Okay. Okay. If you're if you're nine months old, if you're asking that question, it is very likely your nine months old is not constipated. Because if your baby is constipated, you will know. Because constipation means that the baby finds it hard to pass stools, and when they pass the stool, the stool is very hard, or it comes out as, you know, how do I what do we call it now? Like droplets, you know, like round pellets. Like you know, that's how it will come out very hard very and very difficult the child cries to pass this through they may not pass through for days and all that so if your baby is not so the fact that baby doesn't pass through every day does not mean constipation if when the baby passes this through the stool is a normal stool that's fine there are different children have different uh, what we call bowel movements so some people don't pass through every day some pass through every three days some people even do it once a week but when they pass this stool it will be normal soft like a sausage long so we call it bristle shot stool four so that is what we expect so and but if your child is struggling to pass this through the stool is hard it's coming out in pellets or like like corn you know corn only or comb of a corn like all those things around it then that is hard stool and that means the baby is constipated and so and if your baby has constipation we've already told what to it's more of giving water fruits veggies first it is only if those has not worked, we can try two softeners. And if that is still not working, then you have to see a pediatrician. Okay. All right. Um, um, Nikki B is asking, please, doctor, what causes umbilical hernia? Okay. Hernia. Okay. That's a very common question. It's a very common thing in uh, Africa. I think I'm going to bring Dr. Uh, 
uh, okay, back again. She's our pediatric surgeon, and she can discuss with us about Ania. But usually, Ania basically means they say they say opening somewhere that should be closed, and some things that should not come out is coming out of it. So the one that happened in the umbilical area, we call it umbilical Ania. So they say that that place where the baby's cord came out from, eh? That is the umbilical. So normally, after the baby we've caught the cord issue that all should close but sometimes in some baby it doesn't close completely so it leaves a little gap so sometimes some of the things in the intestine i mean the some of the things in the abdomen like the intestine or some of them they will be or fat they will be passing through that hole but you will see that you can easily push them back then they will come if the child coughs they tend to get bigger then when you press it they will go down that is umbilical and it's a very common thing in black children and but most of the time because we know that with time they will close on their own we just leave it so most times surgeons won't operate you unless it's really big um and maybe at the age of five years it's still very big and or it's become what we call um obstructed like you know sometimes when too much of them have passed through then they can't go back easily then it's not giving pain that is obstruction it becomes even what we call strangulated that is there are complications then you have to go take the child to the surgeons they will operate it and close the hole by themselves but most of the time there's really no reason because we just wait for it to close by itself it's only if it is causing problem or it's very big or you don't like it <laughs> then who the surgeons can operate it and close it all right um it's almost time, but there's still some questions. Yes, we have a lot of questions on Facebook as well. Yes. Okay, so you know, they why well, there are some teas that you should not take, like the real tea, you know, because when you talk about tea, you're talking about some leaves that have been made into bags and all that. So some of them are not good for you if you are breastfeeding, but most of the time they will write it on it, read it. So, but the usual tea that most of you buy, like all your limb tea and all those one in Nigeria, most of those ones are good, but green tea, special kind of tea, you know some of them would have written on it not suitable for breastfeeding mothers make sure you don't take those ones but your usual beverage and your usual normal tea bags normal nothing else it's fine and if you take anything but let me let me put a caveat there if you take anything and you find out that it appears it affects your baby your baby become a little more fussy like some people take ginger and it makes the baby more fussy and all that then you stop it because your baby anything you take can go into the breast milk and it can affect the baby so your baby may be allergic to that so you really need to be very very careful but really you can take tea if you want i don't think it should affect your baby as long as it's not something your baby is allergic or sensitive to all right um Gona is there always asking what age do boys genitals begin to grow or change okay so boys have their genitals present from birth if i write from the womb it is being formed and they, they, i think 
you, the most important thing for us to know, for I mean, the most important thing for all parents to know is that it, you must check that your boys have the testes present when they are born. They must check the balls. Usually, the pediatrician normally examine the baby, but I've been finding that some of you, you you deliver at home or you deliver in hospitals where they don't examine your baby. It is important that the babies are checked and that the testes are both in the scrotum, the balls, they are both present there. So that is number one. But the development begins to happen during puberty, usually from age 9, 10. That is when it will now begin to change. It will increase in size, and the penis will increase in length, blah, blah, blah. So usually that happens during puberty. And for boys from 9, 10, that's when we expect them to start uh, pubertal changes. Okay, thank you. Um, Tommy is asking, a child of 14 months used to snore while sleeping. I did an x-ray and I was told mild Okay, so I believe the person who asked to do the x-ray must have told you what to do, but if you have not seen the doctor again, please go see them. But usually if it is mild, we will do nothing about it. Um, usually mild one means it's not causing any problem for your baby. The baby is just snoring, but the baby is otherwise well. The baby is not having frequent infections and all that. So we just leave it because usually the adenoids involutes then other words they go smaller by themselves usually by that around age five six it would have it would have uh it, it, it becomes smaller and it's no longer an issue but there are reasons why the doctors may want to operate them if it's a very big one if it is causing the baby what we call obstructive apnea in other words baby is stopping to breathe so the baby will snow and then go to a point where they actually stop breathing and then suddenly they'll start breathing again. We call it obstruction, and it's not a very good thing. So those are the signs. Or your child is having recurrent infections of the adenoids. If you have up to like six infections in one year, so you see the children always going in and out of hospital with throat infection, blah, 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 fever all the time, being treated with antibiotics. So if we're having all those signs of obstruction, obstructive sleep apnea, um, infection, recurrent infection, or very bad, uh, 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 very big and adenoid that even the child is mouth breathing during the day, you know, it's affecting the child's growth and development, then they may want to operate it earlier. So that's when you will see the ENT surgeon. But if it's just about the snoring alone, we will just watch and wait it out and see whether it will go smaller on its own. Can I go to Facebook? Um, that's fine for a while. Yeah. <laughs> Facebook people are going to be upset with me now. Okay, so let's quickly go back. Uh, okay, I think I've answered this one. Okay, Mr. Friday on say my four-year-old baby poo anytime she eats. Yes. Okay, yes. If she if you eat five times, she'll poo five times. There's nothing absolutely wrong with that. So it, it's a reflex. It's a it's a reflex that whenever something enters into your stomach it's it's relaxes the the part of the intestine where the stool has stored and the person just feel like going to the toilet you know as adults you may actually feel it as well but you just you know suppress it as an adult but for children you may just want to go as long as the stools are not watery and there's there's absolutely nothing wrong it's a normal physiological uh process just leave the child alone you don't need to worry as they get older they begin to repress that reflex but it's a normal reflex and it's nothing to worry about okay i can know you say uh good evening what can a mother where can a mother be worried about his son not working 
usually i would say 18 months so after 18 months if your child is not working you need to see a pediatrician if he's 13 months so just let him be so that's fine uh how many weeks months interval will the child grow another set of teeth after the first two teeth i have no idea just let the child be at least the child has grown two teeth so this thing varies from children to children so some children will bring out all their eight seats at once some will bring out two then take another one month or one year but what we expect that by the age of two years most of them would have brought out all their 20 uh primary seats so but i see mothers worry a lot about teeth uh, whether the teeth is present how many are present all those things are still going to be lost by the way so there's no need to panic there's no need to worry about them and the children don't need to the teeth per se for them to eat food so just relax so it's very from child to child but the dentist i should tell you that you should see them by the age of one year whether the children have teeth or not you should see them for the first dental appointment at age of one year and then you should see your children every six months I know it's not a culture in Nigeria, but ideally we should be seeing our dentist every six months. So I hope you so whether you have concern or not, so when you go for those regular dental checks, you can always have this conversation with the dentist. But there's really absolutely no reason uh, to worry about teeth or how many are nothing to worry about. So Princess Lorita, my six month old is poor with what three my my six month three weeks baby poo is what three with mucus. And since yesterday, he put three times, two out of the three poo is watery. Actually, technically, your baby don't have diarrhea yet because we want babies to have three watery poo in a 24-hour period. So I don't think you should worry, but I think you should watch how you're feeding your baby because your baby is six months old now, so I assume you have introduced complimentary food. Please make sure the water is boiled water or at least a... Um, water that you bought enough even these days some of these bottled water <laughs> we don't know whether they are really pure or not so you may want to see just boil them just to be on the safe side please hygiene wash your hands often the food please don't give leftover food please make the food just before the children will eat them whatever is left over please eat it by yourself or throw it away i'm really serious yes so these are the things that cause this infection and children are still growing their immunity is not as high to undo some of these bacteria so that is why it's important that we take extra sterilize your uh feeding utensils you don't if you if you don't you don't if you don't have a sterilizer or they there are cold sterilizer the melting just buy drop one 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 tablet in the you see five liters of water and put all those things there or you just boil make sure you use the kind of utensils that can be boiled in hot water so that is it just sterilize and use it you just have to take precautions to avoid all these germs getting into the baby's food and that will reduce all this diarrhea and everything thank you for joining us um abisola say good evening dog my 14 month old doesn't like to eat that's a universal complaint i have tried everything on the complimentary feeding course great on your page my baby doesn't even taste before rejecting great and she's still below ideal weight because she was born preterm okay is there anything i can do to help on her weight you didn't tell me her weight you didn't tell me how preterm she is so you really need to give me those information i need to know her weight i need to know how preterm she is and 
we can work it out. But I, I just want to say, Abisola, the only thing you need to do now is to be patient with your baby. Okay, be patient, all right? So sometimes when you're introducing new thing, don't aim that that new thing, the baby is going to take everything, no? And the first time you may just even let them play with the food, let them just touch the food, let them just smell it, let them just touch it and play with it. I know most mothers don't like that because it's a lot of work, but sometimes that is what the occupational therapists do for children that are that don't like food at all. They don't even want to touch it. They don't even want to taste it. You just let them play with the food. You don't. Your goal is not to let them eat. You just want them to be comfortable with touching the food, playing with the food, pouring it on the floor. Sorry, get a cap, get something to cover your carpet, and let them just play with it. And then you gradually introduce food. So the first thing will just be a spoon. When you are eating anything, you are eating, put a little bit in the mouth. They don't really have to eat it as a meal, but you are getting them to learn to taste another. It's a lot of patience you have to do it. But if you really think you are struggling, please see a dietitian. They can walk you through the process. The dietitian can support you. If it's really an issue but i think most time for people that have done the course and all that we i also have a whole place where i list all the tips is to do it patiently and to persevere don't be in a hurry to give up so sometimes we say when you are offering food you must have offered a food like 13 times so one whole week of offering that same food before you give up on it and say, oh, the baby doesn't like this one and then also your preparation your presentation colorful, you know, interesting. They are very, very important. And the child will also be interested with the color, will be interested in the texture, will be interested in all those things. So, so I know some babies are picky eaters. So like I said, if you are really, and some children actually have a disease condition, we call it avoidance restrictive disease. You know that some children actually have a disease where they don't really want to take food, I know. But it's not very, it's not as if most, most children don't have that. So if you get into that point where you've tried everything, then that's where you need the professionals to now coming to support you. That's where you see your pediatric nutritionist, you see your pediatrician, they will come give you uh, for the assistance. So if you tell me the age of your baby and the weight, I will work out the rest. All right. Oluwara um, Melekun, Christiana, three years, 10 months old, is having a current cough, Qatar, she's been given Zinat and Ventolin. So I, I'm suspecting they, they think your child has bronchial asthma. Yes, so the typical story of asthma is that it will come and go, it will come again. It is not going to be cured by Ventolin. Ventolin does not cure asthma. So um, if your baby is having recurrent cough and cancer, you need to see a pediatrician who is going to make that diagnosis. I know some of my colleagues sometimes don't want to make that diagnosis because Nigerians, we don't like to hear some diagnosis, especially something that we know is going to be here for long. But if your child is been given Ventolin. That means somebody is thinking this child may be having asthma and then they need to, but they, we don't like treating children with Ventolin syrup. I will never give you Ventolin syrup. We prefer the children breathe it in. So they breathe it in either as an inhaler or via nebulizer because see when you give Ventolin as a syrup, it works on other organs that we don't want it to work on. So it can make the babies have to be very fast and all that. We want it to go straight to the lungs when they inhale it so that it will open the lungs better so I, i'm not so sure whether they've given you a diagnosis and i don't want to give you a diagnosis online but i'm wondering that if they are treating your child uh with ventolin are they thinking the child has asthma and if the child is having a recurrent cough it's a very valid thing to think about but please see a pediatrician who will do the proper evaluation 
if the child meets the criteria, they will give a diagnosis and then they will talk you through how to manage it because when it comes to things like asthma, the parents actually manage it. We allow you to do a lot of self-medication, not self-medication. We have to prescribe it first, but we allow you to do it at home. You know, you must know when to nebulize the child. You must know when you need to go to the hospital. You must know what to avoid. What are the trigger factors to avoid? So there are so many things you need to know. So you really need to see a pediatrician and let them take it up from there. All right. Uh, Lord, I'm like, well, that helpful. Uh, say, my baby of four years doesn't like eating. I think we've answered that question. We've answered the question, we don't like eating. Oh, yes, we have. Yes, I think it's a universal yes. question. Okay, somebody from YouTube, Hokoro, she's, she's around. My baby of six months finished exclusive. That's lovely. Well done. But she doesn't like food in purity form. Yeah. Uh, she prefers solid. Yeah, then give us solid now, like Gary and soup, another family food. Okay, now this is another thing I always like to ask, answer all the time because there is really no children food, there's really no family food. There's, because parents always think there are some food that are for children and there's some food that are for adults. Really, there's no food that you can eat that your children cannot eat. But when you are just introducing them to food, you don't want to give you're not going to give them a solid bowl of meat or a solid because they can't swallow it. So you need their own meat to be either shredded or, you know, pureed, something soft that they can easily swallow. But there's really nothing. So there's nothing wrong with be eating gari and soup. There's nothing wrong with be eating once you eat. But what I really want you to do is to make sure that you are adding all the food. So in other words, if your baby is going to eat something like gari, you have to give it with a soup that has vegetables whether it's a, a wedu or okra or other vegetable soup. And of course, there must be fish, other protein inside. So you must make sure you had everything. And it's really it's actually saving you lots of money from buying things in the store where your baby can eat what you are eating from your kitchen. So if you have done a complimentary food course, you will see that the example they use in that course, they use they use real food they didn't use any of those store things that people buy you don't really need to buy any of those things. your baby can eat whatever you cook in your kitchen but you just have to make it softer you have to make it easier for them to swallow and as they get older the food become thicker become more solid by the time they are one year old we want them to be eating from the family uh pots in other words whatever you eat they can eat exactly the same thing they don't need to eat something different so but you see that is why i say having that knowledge is very important because parents always think uh complimentary reading is giving a particular kind of cereals and milk and then you give it no that is where we mix it right from the, from the beginning you need to introduce everything you must introduce all the different kind of food and not restrict them only to cereals and all that. And then because that will, so uh, Okoro, I think you're doing well, but please go and do our complimentary feeding course. So when people ask me questions, I know those who have done the course, I know those who have not done it. So if you have done the course, you will notice that these examples is not a problem at all. But the course will also tell you what quantity to give because you're not going to give your baby a whole wrap or semo or hamala like yourself maybe doesn't maybe cannot tommy cannot take that quantity so but also what other things you need to hide and maybe need to drink water how often do you feed the baby just that important information that we all need to know so i hope you go and do that because thank you for always joining from youtube i love the fact that somebody is watching on youtube because most people are on facebook and instagram okay um 
Adinaka is saying, what is the best treatment for rashes? Oh my God. So the powder I'm using isn't working and the rashes is much. Number one, there is no one single rash. There are different types of rashes caused by different things. Number two, there is no unified treatment because I see one mother say, my baby has rash. Somebody will just say, go and use this. And I'm like, how did you know that's the treatment to you? Because there is no particular powder. I know there are some of them that are very popular that people like to make mention of their names. They don't treat every kind of rash. For example, some rashes don't even need treatment. Some kind of rash may be normal. For example, in a newborn baby, there are some whitish thing they have on their face. We call it milia. It's a normal kind of rash. You don't need to do anything. You just leave it alone. It's going to clear by itself. There are some rashes, like if you have eat rashes now, you can use the eat rash powder. There are some rashes that are due to allergy. Maybe it's the products, the soap, the cream, the sponge, whatever you're using on the baby's skin that is causing the rash. And all you need to do is to stop that. And the rashes will just go on its own. And now there are some rashes that are due to bacteria infection. If the rash is due to bacterial infection and you are using a cream that is an antifungal, it's not going to go, it's going to get worse. Or some, some rashes are due to fungal infection. So there are some rashes that are due to some skin condition like atopic dermatitis. So we need to see a rash. We need to know what type of a rash it is. We need to know what is causing the rash and then we now know the treatment. So people just say, my baby have rashes, and you, you are using powder, it is wrong. Don't, just stop. I, I always say just stop everything you're doing. If you're on our Facebook group, you can post a picture. Some of the time we can see the rash. Sometimes we know. Sometimes we don't know. Sometimes we need to ask you more questions. But because we can't do a lot of those kind of questions on Facebook, the best option is to take the baby to see a doctor who will, who will examine the baby and will be able to tell you, oh, this rash is due to infection, or this rash is due to allergy, or this rash is due to a skin condition and this is the treatment or this rash doesn't even need no treatment so these are the things that we we need to know and even where is the rash or you didn't even tell us so for example the rashes in the nappy area the causes may be different from the nappy around the neck area around the folds where there's it you know so there are many information that we need to know when you ask about rashes so it's a very difficult thing to even answer any question about rashes on life program because i can't even see your baby i can't see the rashes i can't even know what kind of rashes is so i'll just say uh on the knocker that you really need to take your baby to the hospital to see one of my colleagues and let them examine the baby and then tell you and please don't self-treat rashes sometimes our treatment make the rashes worse so for example some children have infection kind of rashes some of us go and use all this cream that has steroids in them we are going to worsen the rashes so that is why it's better to help us see a doctor and then they will take it up from there okay into the uh what are the symptoms of umbilicania i think we've answered our question of umbilicania we've answered that already yes, okay um shakira is saying my baby of eight month pool is very strong so that is constipation and we've answered question about constipation thoroughly i'll have some soft swipey stuff on her head like ring warm okay if you observe swipey stuff on the head um yeah you have to see a doctor for the treatment of the ring if it, i'm not sure it's ringworm it may be ringworm you may be right it may not be ringworm there are many other things that can cause the uh, whitey stuff on the head even dandruff even the fact that the baby's head is not just being washed so but let's see usually ringworm is round you know it's very round and 
very the hair on that area would have fallen off or things like that but uh, um you may be right you may be wrong but usually like i said i if i don't see a rash i can't make a diagnosis but you need to see one of my colleagues who is going to do the diagnosis who is going to recommend treatment please don't use antibiotics or antifungal antimicrobial uh, treatment without a prescription please please don't use them without uh, prescription is very very important okay i'm almost done the uh, last second to the last questions uh she went to say my baby is one month old and taking immunization mm -hmm. are there drugs that should give her for the pain after taking the injection and are there drugs that are a must for the first time on she went to i'm very happy to tell you that there are no drugs that are a must for your baby or for you you don't need to take no drugs. You can take more vitamins if you want to because you're breastfeeding. But if you actually eat well, eat your fruits and veggies, you don't necessarily have to take any drugs. And your baby don't need no drugs. Now, if your baby is one month, I guess you are talking about the six weeks immunization. At six weeks, your baby may have fever after the immunization, then you can give paracetamol, or that's what we recommend. If your if the injection site is swollen, you can put ice pack on top of it. That is what you need to give. The paracetamol work for fever, it will work for pain at the same time. But you can also apply ice packs so that the swelling will go down. What normally causes the swelling when a baby has injection into their muscle is blood. It is just, that is it because when you, because it's that injection we give us six weeks, it's an intramuscular injection. It goes really deep into the muscle and there will be some little bleeding. So, but what we need to make sure is that that bleeding stops. So you don't need to rub it. You don't need to apply uh, any cream, no kerosene, nothing. Just put ice block on it. The ice block will, will kind of help the bleeding to stop. And then once the bleeding stops, it will, it, will, it will form into something like, it will, it will become hard, it will, it will gum together <laughs> and then, the body will now remove it gradually with time but the, the, the most important thing is that don't let it get infected and sometimes all this rubbing we do and everything we introduce germs and then when germs get into that blood it will cause infection and then it become like a pulse it's become what we call cellulitis or an abscess like pulse then we now need to treat baby with antibiotics we now need to remove the pulse but if you don't do anything just apply high spark for two three days everything will go down and then your baby will be fine. But if you start, uh, uh, of course, it's normal for the baby not, not wanting to move the leg a little bit because it's painful. So just be gentle with the baby when you carry the baby, be gentle with them and just be applying the ice pack. That's why you put it a little bit to remove it. After a few minutes, you put it again, you remove it. You don't leave it permanently on. It's very cold. So it's just a little bit. Uh, but usually within two, three days, it will go down. But if you if you, if it's not going down, you see hard, it's painful, it's uh, it's beginning to look like um, uh, like there's pulse inside and all that. Then you really need to take the baby to the hospital for for that treatment. But if you actually do what I said, your baby will be fine. Okay. So the only thing you need to buy when you're going for your immunization, just buy paracetamol and Avid and it does. Or you don't need no other drugs. I hope that is helpful. Okay. Yeah. Uh, all right, I think. Yes, okay. I have three more questions, but we can take the idea and I will quickly finish the rest of them. Okay. Um, 
baby, this is from Odochi. My baby have a runny nose for the past two days now. I haven't used anything because it doesn't disturb her skin. Yeah. Hope it's okay yes. that I decided not to use anything and allow it to go on as it is. You are doing well. You're, it's okay. You don't need to do anything. How old is the baby? She didn't say okay please always tell me the age of your baby usually for babies that are below six months i'll just say keep breastfeeding exclusively because it's um if it's a baby above six months let them drink a lot of water and um and fruits and veggies just it will help so but if it's a baby below six months just breastfeed and that's and keep them warm that's fine all right um Going on, the owner is asking, is it okay to give children from four years and above daily multivitamins or vitamin C just to boost their immunity, even when they are feeding well? Personally, I don't, I, we don't recommend that. I, I'd rather your baby eat the fruits and veggies fresh and get the vitamin C from the direct source. But if you are not sure your children are taking enough of the vegetables and fruits and you just want to be on the safer side then you can give them there's nothing wrong with that but it's better they eat it from the fruit itself that's the best option because that's what the people that have done the vitamin c what they've done is to extract it and put it into a tablet for you but why why don't just take it from your fruits from your oranges and all those things directly is better you know but if you are not sure it's better to give the the tablets and the syrups rather than not give at all. You maybe need the vitamins anyway here. Yeah. Okay. Um he has a follow-up. She has a follow-up question. Um, how true is this saying that if you eat one apple a day, it takes you away from the doctor? <laughs> yeah, it's a good uh it is I won't want you to take it like hundred percent verbatim correct, but it's a just an ad day, just like any of those white sayings. Basically, if you take a lot of fruit, you are getting your vitamins. And that is, the vitamins are very important. Just like what you asked earlier, they keep your immune system boosted. And that helps, that prevents you from having infection. It doesn't mean that it will protect you from everything. That's why we also give immunization. That's why we also ask you to breastfeed. So the apple alone is not the only thing. But it's just a, 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 a lovely way of saying that when you eat fruits, it, it helps your immune system, but it doesn't mean that you can never be sick because you are eating apple a day. No, don't take it that to that level. All right. <laughs> All right, thank you. So I think here Dave is saying, my baby never gets satisfied with breast milk. She can feed about three hours and still not get contented. As best I thought, I wasn't getting enough supply, but that's not the case. I do have enough supply. So if you're having enough supply, it means your baby is getting enough. So you need to understand that sucking on the breast is not about feeding to the baby. So the fact that your baby is still sucking on the breast doesn't mean your baby is hungry. There are many reasons why babies suck. Babies suck number one to feed closer to you as well. It is they keep it keeps them like oh my mom is here. I'm, it's part of their bonding with you. So it is not like the baby is sucking because they're hungry. No, sucking is also pleasurable. So the baby just like sucking just for sucking sake, not because there's anything they want to, not because they want food. They just want to suck because it's sweet. It's sweet in them when they suck. So that is part of it. And also a way of them bonding with their mothers. So what I always say, people like you, like if you are sure you are lactating well, your baby has finished sucking. Your baby, you just 
just stop the baby from feeding and just uh, try and put the baby to sleep or uh, put the baby uh, on the bed or something away from you. So you don't have to keep sucking. So oh, you yourself, you will know when your breast is empty now that the baby has been sucking. So all the extra sucking on top is just, so it doesn't mean your baby is not getting enough. You know, it doesn't mean your baby is not satisfied. The goal is not to satisfy your baby's sucking. The, baby, the goal is that your baby getting enough milk. And the way, the most objective way for us as pediatrician to know whether your baby is getting enough milk is the weight of that baby. Is the weight. It's not how long the baby stay on the breast. It's not how many hours you breastfeed. What is your baby's weight? Is your baby weight age appropriate? You know, and you've already answered the second question, which is that sometimes if you are not sure, we ask have to, to express let's even know how much this baby is getting from them from your breast so if you express and you're expressing a lot which is what you are implying by what you said and you give your baby that mix then we know like for example if your baby is 5kg for example maybe we expect we take about 500 mils of breast milk in a day and your baby is taking more than 600 mils from what you express that means your baby is getting enough milk also, we will see it in the weight of the baby. So, if your baby is gaining weight well, your milk is coming out well. So, that sucking is not for food. That sucking is just your baby enjoying sucking. And you don't need to panic or worry about that. And you can find other ways of, you know, getting help. So, sometimes just needs the baby being away from you. Let other family members support you. When baby has finished eating, give the baby to other people to carry. Because baby, as long as baby is with you, baby can smell the breast. Baby can... I feel the baby wants to suck on it. So that is it. So I'm happy you're able to figure it out by yourself that your baby is actually getting enough milk. So you don't have to overfeed the baby. So that's fine. You don't need to worry about that. It's just baby just enjoys sucking. That's what some that's why some people use uh, uh what they call it, all these dummies and all that. But we don't like using dummies because of the fact that um we don't want your baby to be confused, you know, nipple confusion and all that and sucking in air jams and all that but it's one of the reasons why some mothers use those dummy in other places but we don't really recommend it yeah but you don't need to worry if you're happy to breastfeed fine if you're not let baby have other things to do <laughs> just to give you a break <laughs> i don't know if you saw a video that we did last week about baby the mom was kind to baby and he was so and he had a, a slice of bread on his hand he would eat and then he'll go back Exactly. Yeah. Did you see that? No, I didn't see the video. I didn't see the video. <laughs> no, no. Sucking is a very pleasurable thing. Actually, sucking is something pleasurable for children. They just like to suck. Is that doesn't? There's nothing wrong with that. Is so. But I just want the reason why I like your question is because I want mothers to think. Because people always ask that question that. That breast is not satisfying my baby. My baby is always sucking, sucking, sucking. And one of these I always ask them is to make them understand that all the sucking is not all about food. Some people use the breastfeeding to go to sleep. That is their own uh what do you call it? Low labi. What do you what do you normally call what you <laughs> that is their own way of getting themselves to go into sleep? That was uh, some mother would like. Once they get up from the baby, the baby will wake up because baby wants the breast in the mouth. Sometimes it's also about security. The baby wants to be sure that you're not running away because you are the food 
supplier the food bank so they want to be sure that that food is always there <laughs> so so we just need to understand this psychology of the baby so my only i will only worry when you say your baby is not satisfied with breast we are talking about the quantity of me coming out of your breast we are not talking about how long your baby suck on the breast so it's very important and if your baby is gaining weight well your baby is getting enough milk that is that is the most objective evidence of uh sucking enough so all the other one is just Enjoyment, <laughs> Jara. Right. Are you, you done? Mm. A boy, I guess. They never had yes. about hyperactive girls. Anyway, so hyperactive is a very subjective word. So, so what may be hyperactive for you may not be hyperactive for me. And sometimes when mothers say their babies are hyperactive, I look at the children and I just feel like this is a normal healthy child who is just enjoying themselves. So, um, but I'm not discontinuing what you're saying. Some children have what we call ADHD, attention deficit hyperactivity disorder is a condition. But usually we don't make it before the age of five years. It's very rare we, go with, we are not going to treat it anyway before the age of six. So if you think your baby's hyperactivity is too much, <laughs> then you have to see a pediatrician and then we can evaluate the baby for ADHD. But sometimes some of those children just have energy to burn. And some of you, you also give them a lot of sugar. And when you get a lot of sugar, they've got to burn it. So you need to make sure you're not giving them lots of sugar. Give them healthy fruits, apple, your fruits and all the rest and give them let them also have time to bond the energy so have something your trampoline at the back door or you know if you have a garden or they have a park you don't have much of those in nigeria but in other places where they have those things but you may have to look for a creative way of the children burning those energy you know where they can run around they can play then you now give them time okay it's time to burn off energy then time to come down and do some other things but if you think it's way above usually the best people to know if a child is hyperactive are the teachers, the teachers will, will know because the child is so hyper, they can't sit still in the class, they may want to run out of the classroom, they can't finish their work and all that. So usually, I always, usually for us, as if you are worried about your child hyperactivity, we want to ask from the school. We want to ask at the school, is the child also like that at school? Usually if the child is not like that at school, then it's just behavior. The child just <laughs> wants to enjoy. Because usually hyperactive children, they can't help it. Children who have ADHD, they, they can't help it. If we're in the classroom, they are very hyper. They want to run around and all that. So ask the school, the teachers of your, ch of your child, let them also give you their own perspective. And if they also have concern, please uh, request a referral to a developmental, I'm a developmental pediatrician, that's kind of patient I say, and you can request for a referral to see a developmental pediatrician for an assessment, and then the child can be supported. But like I said, we usually will not treat the children before the age of five or six <laughs> anyway so there's no reason to worry okay but it's something we can deal with are you done all right thank you Victor. um no i still have a boring well to say what do you do to ease the pains of engorging breasts okay to win i tried expressing oh. but the milk didn't flow and it's really painful sorry sorry it's very painful take 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 paracetamol take painkillers take painkillers you can also use um uh you can use warm compress like hot water you know uh put uh, clothes in hot water dry it up and put it just to relieve don't worry let the milk go out you don't have to come 
actively express it, but at least let some of it go away. So it will reduce the pressure on you, then take painkillers. You're going to just enjoy it for one or two days. And after that, it will, as long as the baby is not sucking on it actively, the milk production begins to cut off from the brain and then it, it will stop. But for the pains, take painkillers. You can use warm compress. Some people say cabbage help. Um, so there are many, if you go to our website, we have a, a article on how to uh, tips for winning. But I find that, that no matter what you do, you will still have one or two days of those painful periods, <laughs> then it's to go away. But just enjoy it, it will come to pass. It's one of those things. All right. Mm. All right. Sorry, Corinne. I hope you feel better very soon. Sorry. Um, it's the one day Thanks for the opportunity for your selflessness. Please, kind of six months old baby, this one. Yes, yeah, you, you people need to go and do you need to go and do the complimentary feeding course. People are not doing that course, <laughs> you need to go and do it. Uh, hey, all those things you will not need to access. Of course, I'm not saying you should go and put uh, apple or something, it has to be soft ones. Even if you are going to make it like your own, it may be softer in texture. So, I usually find things like semo and mala, those are lighter, softer, uh, swallow and then you give it with veggies it's very lovely there's nothing you're, you can make swallow out of your, your yam you know like you, you don't need to call it swallow you can make it like porridge like you know you know those kind of things like your yam your rice you, there's nothing you cannot do you know the most important is that the child eats but you add other food sources so there must be fish or protein there must be uh veggies there must be uh, uh milk there must be uh, they must have at least nothing less than four out of the six classes of food that we normally talk about so the protein must be there the fat and oil must be there the carbohydrates which is your swallow must be there and of course your veggies must be there you know dairy products must be there and of course maybe must take drink water as well so those are the things you need to make sure it was important is that you you make it a complete food so you not only swallow only no veggies nothing no we don't want only one carbohydrates only kind of food or only uh protein only kind of food you must mix them well so look at we have what we call my food plates and it tells you how to divide the plates to make sure that all the food classes are represented mm. Okay. Um, this book that is saying if you eat food cooked with chicken or meat without eating the meat, will you get the same proteins and nutrients? You will get a little bit of it, but the best option is for you to actually that meat itself you can you can puree it and then use it to cook food. So the meat is still part of it. That's what I'm saying. There are ways of giving this food to the children without them seeing it if you if you boil your chicken very soft and you even you don't even need to peel if you don't have a blender you don't you just use your hand and and make it into tiny pieces something like strands and all others something soft that the children can just swallow and then you mix it with your vegetables and all that it's fine and children can eat it fish all this uh, powder you can you can you can grind your fish like all these are crayfish you, you grind it into powder, you put a little powder of it into your pap when you're making pap, you've added fish to it, or you break your egg, that is protein, you've added protein to it. So the milk is also a good source of protein and the dairy product. So you're adding everything together, and then you make, and it must be a thick pap. When you pour your pap, it should not, it should not pour. It should not enter into bottle. Please don't feed children with bottle. It should not pour like water, like this water. It should, it should, it should be able to, 
to hold on a spoon when you put if you do a porridge right texture when you put it on a spoon and you turn it it should not drop so that means you're having the right texture. so if it is dropping like water it's too watery so no matter what you mix as your porridge and all that just make sure it's thick use plate use spoon use cup please don't feed children with bottle um uh series from bottles this is a wrong method yes Okay, let me quickly finish the questions on Facebook, then we'll round up how that's all for tonight. We are we've gone beyond our normal time. Okay, um one more minute question answer. Uh see maybe your five months has what triple like a goosey. That is normal stool in a baby, but at times greenish. Maybe that's the time you are not feeding fully. Make sure you breastfeed completely, empty both the four milk and the hind milk. But your baby is fine. Olivia say, my is it necessary to give five months old baby any TC medicine? No. Oh, I think you were late because I think I went on a whole rant about TC medicine for over like five, ten minutes. Please don't give any TC medicine to any child. If your baby is having temperature and the, the test shows there's no infection, but the PCB is a bit low, there are many reasons why your baby can have fever. The fact that the test doesn't show any infection doesn't mean you don't have infection. If you usually if a baby have what we call viral infection, viral infections are going to come up with normal uh full block count results. So that does not mean the baby doesn't have any infection. Usually just give the paracetamol. If the PCB is low, I'm sure your doctors will tell you what to give in terms of other blood on depending on how low it is but it is not sitting i'm happy that you've gone to the hospital you have gone to do the right test i hope you you saw a doctor and not just doing tests by your side which is another thing most of us do which is wrong please don't just go and do blood tests without seeing your doctor because your doctor needs to interpret the blood test for you in, in in addition to what they have seen in your baby they need to check the ears, check the throat, check everywhere the infection can be hiding. Sometimes we need to do a urine test. There are so many things we need to check. So please see the doctor first. Um, okay, my baby, uh, Odinaka is asking, my baby is on exclusive breastfeeding. It sucks his finger a lot. And uh, I've tried using hand gloves, but it sucks through. Someone recommend plaster. See, I didn't know. We don't recommend plaster. So, so, so this is an habit some children pick up, especially you know when they are putting their hands around their mouth. Then they want, like I said, some children just like to suck, and some of them when they don't have the breastfeeding to suck, they begin to suck on their fingers and all that. So it has become an habit for them so um most of them will stop it it's something they also have grown usually by the age of four to six uh but like you said it, 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 you just try if depending on your age of your baby you didn't how old is your baby you didn't tell us the age of your baby you need to tell me the age of your baby for example if it's a child who is like four or five months when they can hold things in their hands i would just give them toys to hold in their hands something to hold in their hands so that they can do it when they're busy playing with their hands or doing things with their hands it's very unlikely they're going to suffer on that and so um don't put plaster don't put bitter leaves don't put all those things on the hands of the baby just try and you know distract them away from it or put other things in their hand if it's a younger baby then you need to learn to breastfeed your baby more frequently so your baby doesn't have to be sucking on the hands i think we have more tips depending on the age of the baby which you have left out which is very important all right, thank you so much for everybody joining us. Thank you, thank you. Uh, final question. Uh, glory be to Almighty God. Oh, this is a spam. <laughs> this is a spam question. Let me just delete it. 
please don't be coming to our to come and be putting all those rubbish spams. <laughs> okay, um, thank you, thank you. I think we have done. Undo this. My baby is on EBF. She's always having hiccups. So it's hiccups. Okay, just a minute. Hiccups is one of those minor stuff. You don't need to do anything. It will stop on its own. It should make you feel better because I know some mothers always like to do something, just breastfeed. But if you just leave the baby alone, the hiccups will stop. It's a minor thing and doesn't mean there's anything wrong with your baby. So you don't need to give anything. You don't need to apply white clothes to the head. She doesn't do anything. But that's just it. Okay, so thank you so much, Facebook. We are done. Okay, let's finish with... Um... Okay, you are breaking now. Okay, I can hear you now. Go on. Is it better? Better, yes. Okay, it, um, I'm curious. What can I do to safely stop my baby from biting my nipple? I don't want to beat her. Ah, don't beat the baby. Ah, why will you even beat the baby? Don't let me come and fight you too. <laughs> Please don't beat children. When we beat babies, before I go into the question you're asking, um, you, it is not appropriate because infants don't understand. They don't. They don't have that understanding of what they are doing versus what they consider. Their brain has not yet matured to that level. So beating a child with less than one year old, you are just punishing a child. For being a child, you are just punishing for what they even have no idea what they are doing. Please, what you need to do is to remove them from that situation. So if a, child, a baby beats your nipple, they can't help it because sometimes it's their teeth. Sometimes their own teeth is also disturbing them. And like when, especially when they're about to bring out new shoes or something. So they want to bite on something. So you give them a teeth, something soft, like cool ring, teething rings, they can bite on that. That's fine. So your babies begin to want to bite you. That means you you just, what I normally tell them, I just stop the breastfeeding at that point. You know, you can put in one of your finger into the mouth and depress the mouth and the baby will cut off from uh, the breast milk and just let the baby be for a few seconds. Sometimes maybe that will be depending on the age of the baby, there are different scenarios. But usually these children are the age where they are bringing out their teeth. Usually that's when you get a lot of the biting. So sometimes they just need something else to bite on. So you can give them a cool sitting ring to bite on and all that. So if you stop the breastfeeding after a while, baby still wants to breastfeed, then you can start. You will notice that baby is very unlikely to bite you again. It's a very common thing, but usually with time, usually they do it during that phase when their teeth are about to come out and they can bite anything. <laughs> so uh, just give them something else different to bite on rather than your nipple. Uh -huh. So just endure for us. And usually we, after a few days, the teeth itself is out, then they will stop. But don't beat the child. Then don't make the child. Sometimes when we do some of those things, we actually reinforce the habits that you are trying to stop because you make the child feel like when I do this thing, I get a response from you. And then the child, the child actually may want more of those responses or something. It's a kind of a negative kind of reinforcement. So you don't want to do that. And anyway, you also not, we don't want you to be punishing the child for what they have no clue uh, they are doing. So it, it's just something physiological for them. You know, some children have some other habit that they just tend to bite people a lot. So that's a different thing in, entirely. But a baby who is breastfeeding and biting on your nipple is a different thing entirely. So you just need to stop the breastfeeding for a few minutes. 
give the baby something else to buy home and then you can resume the breastfeeding later on when the baby is calmer and you know usually they don't keep biting you uncontinuously that's very unusual so most like when you start again the baby is very unlikely to keep biting you sorry i know that can be painful that's one of the challenges of breastfeeding when you will be now say happy uh their tits house yeah are we done somebody said you didn't read their question no that the baby was two year old as h pylori and your four-year-old has uh, uh, H. pylori as well. So you, you really need to go and see the doctors, the pediatrician. H. pylori is an infection, and it's an infection that is associated with uh, peptic ulcer disease. There's a question here. She says, uh, my two-year-old... Yeah. Yes, I, I already read the question. Yes, I'm, that was the question I'm answering now. Okay, I think you are breaking, uh, Angela. Okay, anyway, I think I've started answering the question. Um, you really need to see the pediatricians. Number one, I just want to be sure that the right people giving you the diagnosis of this H. pylori is correct, and it's not something they are just touching your children. But I'll really say see a pediatrician, and then they can take it up from there. And uh, it's, I don't think it's something that is passed from one person to another person in a family setting, no. Um, but they, they, it can be treated. That's what I'm saying. It can be treated. But the treatment is a little bit longer because sometimes we want to do what we call eradication treatment. And so that is why you really need to see a pediatrician. Preferably a pediatrician who is into um, gastric, uh, a, a pediatric gastroenterologist. They are, that's their own field, and they can support you with that. And yeah, I, I, you didn't really tell me the setting why your children were even being tested for H. pylori in the first place. Did they have symptoms of Pepsi ulcer disease or what? Why did they go for H. pylori? Because it's not something people routinely test for. So there are some other information. I know you won't be able to share all that with, your, with us on a live program, but definitely you need to see uh, your pediatrician. It's an infection, it's a bacterial infection because they say, what is the cause? That is the cause and all that. Okay, somebody is saying, can you recommend any neuro pediatrician in Lagos? Yes, ATPR, we have pediatric uh, neurodevelopmental pediatrician in ATP. So you send us a DM, we will tell you how to contact us. We, we offer ATP clinics and you, we can see your children for you. And if you need face-to-face, -face, some, some of my colleagues can see you face-to-face -face as well if it's needed. Yeah, ATP doesn't have an hospital, but we do, we do video consultation. And some of our colleagues can see you physically if you want to, because I can see somebody who is asking about that. Yes, you can, you can, you can, you can send us a message. Uh, we have our ATP clinics information, but I'm not so sure whether it's, I can't give you right from my brain now. But if you send us a DM, we will respond to that, and then we'll tell you how to contact us. Or you can, if you look through our through our page, you will come across it as well. Okay. All right, I think we're done. We're done. We're done. <laughs> uh, thank you so much, uh, um, Angela, for joining me today. Thank you so much. It's nice having you. Thank you. Angela, are you still with me? Angela? Okay, so like Angela, I. I thank you, Doctor. Yes, I'm here, but there's a delay from my end. Yes, I'm getting that delay. <laughs> I'm still here to live. 
Okay. All right. So if you still have questions, thank you, Angela. If you still have any questions, we have we have we have already gone beyond. Normally we do one hour live. We have almost done two hours today. But if you still have questions, please feel free to post your question on Active Facebook group. Our Facebook group operates Mondays to Saturdays, 24 hours daily. So you can post your question, we will answer you there. If you're on instagram or youtube we don't do question and answers on instagram because it doesn't have the mechanism for us to be able to do it safely and we are very 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 careful with the way we answer questions so we so please feel free to go to our facebook group join our facebook group ask the pediatricians for health questions for children for adult health issues you can join our atp family ask the family physicians and you can post your own health questions there. So we'll come, we come across the way again every Monday from 6 p.m. where we do our live question and answer. So hopefully we'll see you again next week, Monday. And thank you so much for all of you for joining us. Bye. Bye. Thank you, Angela, for thank you to Facebook. Bye. Bye. <laughs> bye, -bye. bye, everyone. Thank Bye. You.